It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. It's another edition of the Locked On Bengals Mailbag. Expectations for the Cincinnati Bengals in 2022. Zach Taylor's conservative play calling, question mark, and some under-the-radar contributors that could emerge in this season. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network covering your team, the Cincinnati Bengals, every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate you making us your first listen. And for all of you that subscribe and follow, we really appreciate your patronage, loyalty, and listenership to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Bengals listeners will get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. And that includes engagement. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout at BlueNile.com. James, today we're going to dive into another episode of the off-season mailbag. We got some folks wondering about reasonable expectations this year, and that's where we're going to start. As always, we sprinkle in some fun to the mailbag. When we get fun questions, we like to drop those in. We've got a good one today from Chase, spelt with a C, because the last C. Yeah, okay. I was like, aren't isn't Chase? And, and then I figured it out. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Zach Taylor play calling and some questions about various down roster contributors that we'll discuss as well. But we're going to start with Sean McGibbon's question, James, at Sean underscore Mac underscore 296 on Twitter. He writes, what is the reasonable expectation for this team this year? Going to the Super Bowl was ahead of schedule, writes Sean. So would anything short of an AFC championship appearance be a step back or is making the playoffs enough to say the Bengals are still on schedule? What say you? Making the playoffs is no longer a reasonable expectation for this Bengals team, right? That's, that's reasonable in 2013 for Andy Dalton and AJ green. And in that team, this is different because Joe Burrow's different. Jamar chase is different. T Higgins, Joe Mixon. We could talk about the defense. Everyone that's listening probably has a good handle on the roster. So I don't need to go up and down the depth chart. The point is, is the window is, is wide open now. So when you're talking about expectation, I think playoffs are, are bare minimum. And if you just make the playoffs, well, no. I think the expectations win the division in what I consider the second best division behind the AFC West and all of the NFL, uh, win the division and be considered a Super Bowl contender, legitimate Super Bowl contender, not a, oh, well, if everything goes right, they might have a shot in Nashville in the divisional round. Or, man, they beat Kansas City Week 17. You never know, but it is in Kansas City. It's going to be tough in the AFC title game. No, no, no. When, when they, you know, if they win the division, which is my expectation, and they have to go to Buffalo, you think that, not that they have a puncher's chance, a reasonable chance to go there and win uh, 
much like you would say if Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Andy Reid and those boys had to go up there in recent years and play Buffalo. You'd feel the same way, right? Uh, and so that's where my expectation is, is for the Bengals to take what they did last year, continue that success, and put themselves in that realm or, or cement themselves, not put themselves because they did that last year, cement themselves in that realm of Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. And so does that mean winning the AFC? I, I think that's really hard to say, right? Like, oh, I expect you to win the AFC. Well, it's really damn hard and things have to go your way. So I don't know if I would say that. But when the playoffs start, we can't have the Bengals listed as a dark horse. They need to be in the playoffs, hopefully have won the division from an expectation standpoint. And then you got to feel, you know, like they can go anywhere and win or who knows, maybe they're the number one seed and they're hosting all of the playoff games throughout the AFC. Yeah, I think either way, the common theme there is you're expecting that they are going to the playoffs and winning a playoff game. And, and that is a reasonable expectation. You might have better, bigger expectations. You might expect them to go to the AFC championship game. You might expect them to go to the Super Bowl. But like you said, James, those things are really hard. When you get to the playoffs, a one-and-done elimination, you never know when things are just going to go off the rails. And we've seen that. You would, I, I would think that Chiefs fans would argue that their season went off the rails in the second half against the Bengals. Bills fans would argue that their season went off the rails in the last 30 seconds eight seconds, whatever it was against the Chiefs, right? And so when you get to the playoffs, things get a little crazy, but I think go to the playoffs, be a Super Bowl contender, expect to win a playoff game is reasonable expectations. As I sit here today, if the Bengals exit the playoffs in the first round of 2022, I would be disappointed with with where my expectations are for this team. It could happen because the playoffs are weird and, and they get crazy and injuries happen and all this stuff. But here we are in early June. That's kind of where I'm at for my reasonable expectations for this year. What if they get the one seed and much like the Titans lose in the divisional round? Because to me, that would be just as disappointing. Like not winning a playoff game, I like how you put it, because to me, that's just as disappointing as losing in the wild card. Because if you win the division, you get the one seed. I don't give a damn who's coming out, right? Or what the issue is. You're hosting them at Paul Brown Stadium and you feel like you're the best team in the conference. So that would be a disappointing loss as well and a disappointing season overall i would say i i agree with that because you think about what the bengals would have to do to get the one seed they yep. play the chiefs and the bills and the you know the buccaneers and the nfc i know but like they play the teams that are in contention for the one seed in the afc they don't play the chargers who i think a lot of people would argue are in contention for the one seed a lot of people think the browns if deshaun watson plays the whole year are going to be a contender they play the browns twice so if the bengals come out of this schedule with the one seed in the afc they lose that game that's probably pretty disappointing it's not like they're the titans with an afc south schedule to run through right the afc north is still going to be a really strong competitive division that's going to see teams stealing games from one another and so yeah i think i think yeah losing a playoff game would be disappointing regardless of where they're seated. Yep. No, I, I think we, uh, we're in lockstep with this one. But I just want to take a second. And at some point, we'll get to a point, assuming they have the su- success we're expecting, where we don't just say, let's take a second and think about where they're at right now and how fun it is to talk about that. Because I don't think the Chiefs are talking about that, right? I don't think the Rams necessarily are talking about that. But for the Bengals, where they were a year ago to where they are now and the way expectations are, it's, uh, it's awesome. 
pretty pretty fun, uh, at least uh, for, yeah, for but, our business and certainly for fans. What were we even saying at this time last year? Like, get close to the playoffs, have a winning record, you know, expect them to be somewhere around 500 is kind of what He's, I thought reasonable expectations were. Yeah, will Burrow be fully cleared to go for camp right. was, yeah. was a big topic at this stage, even mm-hmm. though he was on the field for OTAs. Um, Mixon, does he look the same? Will he be the same coming off of that injury? Riley Reef was a conversation. Jackson Carmen was still a conversation then, as you remember. Trey Hopkins, would he come back yeah. from the ACL and be fully cleared? Uh, so there was a lot of a lot of ifs, what's, buts, uh, all of those things. Trey Hendrickson, was he going to mm-hmm. be able to deliver mm-hmm. on the bag that he got? Mm-hmm. I mean, now there we're not really having questions. many of those. Yeah, we're not having many of those debates, huh? Yeah. No, now we're just arguing about what kind of car I drive or which Bengal we are. If you were to line us up with a personality or football fit, we're going to go there next with Chase's question. It's a fun one. And you're going to find out, well, he wanted to know if either of us in our dynamic duo, which of us was Joe Burrow and which of us was Jamar Chase. And I think we agree that neither of us are either of those guys. But we'll dive into who we think the other host aligns with and get into that conservative play call question coming up next. If you like the Bengals, if you like this podcast, you probably like jewelry. And it might not be for you. Maybe it's for your wife or girlfriend or your mother or someone else that you're related to or close with. And, well, BlueNile.com is the spot to go for all of your fine jewelry needs, whether it's an engagement, whether it's a birthday coming up, whether it's just to show that special someone that you want to get them something awesome. You can do that at BlueNile.com. And whether it's wedding jewelry like engagement rings or a wedding band, which is something that, guys, let's be honest, you don't really think about that part of it when you propose. Oh, well, now you got to get a wedding band. So BlueNile.com is you got is got you covered there. And it's uh, really, really simple. They make it awesome. It's a great experience. So check them out right now at BlueNile.com. And Locked on Bengals listeners are going to get 50 bucks off your purchase of $500 or more. It's a podcast exclusive, and it includes engagement. So if you're about to get engaged, go to BlueNile.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to get 50 bucks off any purchase of $500 or more. It's going to come in a discreet package. It's not going to give away what's inside, so don't delay. Get to BlueNile.com today and use promo code LOCKEDON. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, I really thought Chase had a fun question for us today. And and we play up our disagreements. We have fun with it. Just to to put to rest, James and I get along just fine. But I'm going to read this question because he thinks we're feuding. Yeah. Yeah, as as we play into it. We get along. That's that's the character. You're doing really well. Good good acting. I hate you. No, I know. It's great. Really good stuff. Chase, spelt with a C because the second C in Chase's name is a C, at Chase underscore W on Twitter, wrote, there seems to be a little feud going on 
in the podcast as of late. Let's stir the pot a little more for fun. Between the dynamic duo of Jake and James, who is the Joe Burrow and who is the Jamar Chase? And when we were looking at this question, we, we sat there and said, you know, I was like, I don't think you're Jamar. I don't think you're Joe either. And I don't think I'm either of those guys. And I came up with somebody else, but you have a surprise for me. So who, who am I, James, on the Cincinnati Bengals roster? I mean, this just ties together with what we talked about earlier in the week, my man. You're Drew Sample. Oh you're, Drew, <laughs> you're Drew Sample. What's in in what that? way? What's wrong with that? Consistent. Drew Sample isn't elite. I am elite at uh, podcasting, James. <laughs> at least give me Hayden Hurst, you know, the guy oh that some people out there are saying is going to double CJ Uzama's production. Come on. Double? Oh, well, that's. Yeah, I think that's lofty. a lot. But. Um, no, I, I had to tell the Drew Sample. By the way, I like Drew. Please do not tell him or act like I don't like him because I, it's, it's a, a fun, fun thing here that we, we're doing suddenly on locked on Bengals since Jake is so pro drew sample. No, Love I it. actually, I thought Jesse Bates, hmm. I, I kind of, cause he's quiet. Like this dude, I remember the first time I interviewed Jesse Bates, he's a rookie and he was in like the, the rookie area of the locker room in, in not the main area that he is now. And uh, just really quiet kid, right, that uh, had a personality you could tell, but you could tell he, he was all business and all of those things. And he handles his, he handles his business. And this has nothing to do with the contract stuff. I don't think you're in dispute with Locked On right now. <laughs> maybe, maybe you are. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't think that, you know, extension issues are a thing. So um, not from that aspect, but I just think, you know, confident, not cocky, quiet, fits the bill and is he elite or not well he's really damn good so you, the oh, elite award gets tossed around a lot but, but. <laughs> you, you just had to throw it in at the end huh yeah I, i'll take jesse bates fireman you know covers up for for the 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 mistakes of the rest of his defense i'm not saying you're the rest of the defense because i think you're an offensive player so i'm not covering up for your mistakes oh uh to to be clear about that but uh yeah the, the feud is fun yeah so so for james i don't know if i'm quiet by the way but workman like a little bit more like straight man between the two of us probably i think you're quiet when you're not right. being you know not talking for a living right so on the podcast you can't be quiet sure but it's not during the super bowl you think you were loud like during that week i don't think you were loud i think you're i'm quiet. not loud i'd say i'm average anyway uh, let's let's talk about who I have for James. Splitting hairs, James. Drew Sample. Uh, Drew Sample splits hairs now. Man, we're gonna have no. to get Drew Sample something nice. We're gonna have to like go get him. I like Drew. I some, like you. Some built bars. Go get him a box of built bars, James. That's my actual comp. Go ahead. <laughs> God, uh, James, as many of you know, is very confident, and also always thinks he's he's a wide receiver. Or thinks he would play wide receiver, or if he played football, maybe maybe would play wide receiver. I would thinks he thinks he's really fast, and the the speed isn't exactly the comp here. But Tyler Boyd has a certain amount of swagger about him, James. A certain amount of confidence, productive, really good player, and I, I don't. I think he might be like the flashiest of the Bengals receivers in terms of personality in terms of, you know, cause cause T is just this wholesome guy. I think T's humble. 
and is just enjoying playing football and like loving his life. And Jamar, very confident for sure, but it's it's just a little bit different. I, I think Tyler's a little bit louder about it. You know what I mean? And I, I think that that's you as well. I think so. I, I don't know because I think Jamar is pretty flashy. I just don't think he's. It's a different kind of flashy, poisoned. though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, there's a reason Joe Burrow got grills the week of the Super Bowl. It's because Jamar's <laughs> like, boy, I'm getting you grills and I'm getting yeah. some for me too, right? So, yeah. Um, that being said, no, I get it. I get what you're saying. Um, there, early in Tyler Boyd's career, he was like benched and active in in, uh, in his second season with Marvin earlier in that year. And by the end of it, he caught that game-winning touchdown against Baltimore at the end of the 2017 season, Dalton to, to Boyd, and it kind of transformed his career. And then year three, boom, goes off, and there you go. That's Tyler Boyd. And, um, no, I think that belief aspect of it, I, 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 could, I could totally see that because there's certainly been plenty of times in my career where people – you know, would have had me on the, uh, the inactive list. So I, uh, I'm not, I'm not against that at all. Boyd's my guy. I'll take that one. I, I thought it was a good fit. Also, I, just cause I know that he, you know, your relationship with him as far as current Bengals goes back pretty, pretty far in, in 2016 in early... when he was drafted. Yeah. yeah. I, and you know, what's crazy. It's been so busy and he was so busy the other day since we've gotten back to open locker room. So it's three weeks now. I still haven't even said hi. I haven't even been able to talk to him. So because he's either been busy or I've been like introducing myself to people and talking. And it's just one of those things. Talk to Joe Burrow twice. Haven't talked to Tyler Boyd. So I'm going to have to gotta, change that next week. Got to show the veterans some love. Let's get to our next question here. We've talked about Zach Taylor's play calling. We, we spent a segment or more on this. Uh, I, I want to say a couple weeks ago, Rab at Books and Bengals writes that Zach Taylor was conservative down the stretch with play calls. Do you think a personnel upgrade up front will help him take a step forward or become even ruthless in that area? Or is that just not his MO? No, I, I think it is. I think we're going to see more of an unleashed playbook. Uh, there's going to be pages that were probably not ripped out last year, but they were folded over or they had post-it notes of don't call this, uh, you, you know, labeled don't call this on them because it just didn't work. And you would expect that the Bengals offense would be much more functional. And, you know, the one time – well, really two times where I think Zach showed one that he's a player's coach, but two that he's, he's willing to what have that, mm, that, uh, how did he describe it? Mm, ruthless, right? That's how rab I was looking at the question. Oh, okay. He, yeah, he, he described right. it as ruthless. The Ravens game where Burrow throws for five twenty five mm-hmm. and he's staying aggressive and then afterwards, he's like, I'm not going to be ashamed of that. And I told our guys not to be ashamed of that win either. That's the part that's like, oh, maybe that happens. And then it was subtle. But putting Jamar in that week 18 game just to get him the Bengals record, that, uh, that that's part of the player side. Yeah. But I, I think that it takes a little bit to do that. So I, I do think he has a ruthless side that we might be able to see this year. So I wouldn't rule it out. And that's the fun part is I think we're going to see uh, a different Zach Taylor to a degree as a play caller of the season. And, and I think he did learn something from the 49ers game when he went to Joe Burrow and put the game on his shoulders a little bit too late. And you, and, and he kind of got away from that in the playoffs at times, which is a little concerning, but also in the playoffs, their offensive line got even less functional. So I get why that happens. But 
with that improved offensive line, you go back to Joe Burrow's rookie year when it was empty all day, every day. Joe Burrow, you're going to win us this game or lose us this game. And and then they protect Joe Burrow on the offensive line a little bit early in the season. Then they get comfortable and they start to open things up a little bit. Then Riley Reef gets hurt and the offensive line starts to deteriorate a little bit. And then the pass rushes get a little bit better and the defenses step up in the playoffs and you see them kind of revert again. I think it's you can make a case that it's personnel related, quality of opponent related, matchup related, but it is a big question for me. And I am going to be watching intently to see how this changes in, in 2022. Like Samaj P. Ryan on fourth and one in the Super Bowl. <sighs> Preventable, right? Mm-hmm. Potentially could change the game. And so that's why we ask the questions. That's why this is something we're going to watch. But there's also some evidence that suggests, to your point, James, that, that that ruthlessness is there and could be unleashed a little bit more in 22. But for me, it's something that I'll be watching closely. We're going to finish up the show Coming up next with some discussion about some under-the-radar contributors, such as the who's going to be the third, fourth, and fifth leading receivers for the team, what player has the most to prove, and who's going to be the sneaky contributor. We'll wrap up the mailbag with those questions coming up next. Bet Online is a one-stop shop for all of your sports betting needs. And whether it's the NBA Finals, which have already started or are about to start, if you watched in the one hour before uh, the final start as this is posted, um, you can wager on Steph and, and, and crew who I wagered on at the, with bet online before the playoffs started to win the Western conference. And I got paid baby. You can too, by going to bet online. And maybe it, it has to do with ruthlessness because Joe Burrow ruthless and he could put up huge numbers this year. Maybe you think he's going to win MVP. You can wager on that and so much more from major league baseball to UFC to boxing to auto car racing in one spot. And it's bet online. So don't delay sign up for free and start wagering and getting paid today. Bet online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we dive into the third segment of the mailbag, we have an important favor to ask our listeners. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make sure that Locked On Bengals is an even better podcast. This is an opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about our podcast. You can go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take you very long, and everyone that completes the survey will qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. So go take our audience survey. Again, LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey, and we appreciate your assistance in this feedback gathering effort. James, back into the mailbag we go. We've got a few questions to get to here and not a ton of time to get through them. So a throwback to the old days of the Lockdown Bengals mailbag when we moved a little bit more quickly. The first question mm-hmm. from Zoltz, Z-O-U-L-T-S on Twitter. Out of all the offseason acquisition, free agents, rookies, undrafted rookies, who's going to be the sneaky contributor using last year's comparison of Eli Apple as the the guy that was a sneaky contributor from last year's crop. Wow. 
I mean, that's tough. Here's why it's tough. Because they haven't signed an Eli Apple, right? Like they signed four guys and all four are like Hayden Hurst is the lowest end of it. And he's a starter. It's four starters on offense. Unless I'm forgetting someone, um, you know, they drafted Cam Taylor Britt as a second rounder, really sneaky. Uh, what if I go third round, right? Could Cordell Volson, I guess you could say Cordell Volson, but we've talked a lot about him for fourth a fourth round, round pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying is, is so it's like, where is the where is the sneakiness? And and so to me, it's not there. Maybe Zach Carter, if you want to say that with, with the third round. I, I think the answer is this guy is not on the team yet and okay. that they're going to add someone that could be under the radar that ends up contributing. But if I had to give it an answer now, I'd go with a rookie. Um, Dax Hill certainly isn't it. I, I guess Zach Carter, because because there is he's going to play as of now. He's just going to have to. Um, of these offseason acquisitions. Am I missing someone? Is there someone obvious that I'm just slipping my mind? No, I mean, if, if we're not counting the players that were retained, which would be Eli Apple, Josh Tupo, Stanley Morgan, Trey Flowers, you know. Easier if you add those, yeah. Yeah, because maybe you can make an argument for Josh Tupo. Maybe you can make an argument for Trey Flowers reprising his role and, and continuing to do a good job against tight ends. Um, but yeah, for the guys they brought in from that, that weren't on the team last year, that's Alex Kappa. Can't be sneaky when you're signed to be a starting guard. Lyle Collins can't be sneaky when you're signed to be a starting right tackle. Ted Karras can't be sneaky when you're si- you, you get the idea. Uh, mm-hmm. Same for Hayden Hurst, who would probably be the best case, like the best argument out of all the free agents they signed, even though he was signed mm-hmm. to be a starting tight end just because he's getting paid the least out of any of these guys. He's getting paid $3.5 million. That's not exactly starting tight end money, to be honest. That's... No backup tight end money, veteran backup tight end money, and he's going to start and could be a really high-level contributor. But, yeah, when you look at the guys they've brought in from other teams, Nick Eubanks, you know, is he going to be tight end three? Is he going to be a sneaky – you know, it's hard. Hard to make an argument there. And and you made you, – you, you went through the draft picks as well. Zachary Carter certainly could be the one. Uh, Gunter, Jeff Gunter. You know, if he makes a team and is a rotational pass rusher, he could be the one. But it, it's hard. There, There is no – because last year at this time it was, hey, you guys, Malik Wright, you know, remember Malik. You guys, Eli Apple, he's going to play. He was telling mm-hmm. us at this time last year. And there's sure. nobody like that this year, not just Malik, but like in general where it's like, yeah, there's ties going back. You can see, you know, last year there's also Ricardo Allen who you could have made an argument for at this time last year because of his ties with – with Luana Rumo and this year, you're right. It's hard to find that sneaky guy out of all their acquisitions, unless it's an undrafted free agent. Yeah, which you know Ben Brown could certainly be someone, but something has to go wrong if that happens, right? Tommy Lasseter. Yeah, maybe, but like, you know, in, in as far as the ones they've signed this offseason, Stanley Morgan Jr. You know, they re-signed him, but he, yeah. he could certainly be in the mix there too. Yep. Next question comes from Joe Kane at Joe Cool eighty four twenty. What player on the Bengals roster is the most approved this year? Is it wrong that I keep going to Jackson Carmen for this? Because that's where my mind goes right away. I, I think. I'm, I mean, maybe there's an Eli Apple argument if he wants to get another contract in the NFL that pays him, you know, a little bit more substantial money, pays him for more than one year. If he can hold off Cam Taylor Britt and play well this year again, maybe a team takes that chance on him next year. He's going to be just 27 this year. 
So he still has potential tread on the tires, but I keep coming back to Jackson Carmen. Second round pick has an opportunity to start this year. And if he doesn't do it this year, does he ever do it? Does, yeah. does, does it ever click with him? I know he's still young, but you see time and time again, these guys run out of chances at some point and often mm-hmm. it's early. And so I keep coming back to Jackson Carmen for this. I think you can make an argument. Certainly for Eli Apple, you could say Jermaine Pratt playing for an extension, playing for a contract could be one as well. You could say a number of other defensive players probably. Yeah. Anybody else that uh, like really jump out? Maybe maybe even Hayden Hurst playing for a contract, you know? Man, stop giving out names and like give it to me, damn it. All right, All right there we go. Uh, it, it is Hayden Hurst because he was drafted ahead of Lamar Jackson. And you could argue – that he's been just as big of a bust or or borderline as Billy Price, right? And and was for the Ravens. And they were lucky to trade him and they get him to Atlanta. And he plays okay in Atlanta's first year. Second year, they replace him with Kyle Pitts and he's just not in the the rotation much, not playing much. So he's playing, to me, for his football future. He's going to be 29 this summer. If he's ever going to get like life-changing money, and of course millions are millions and it's changing, relatively speaking, but NFL life-changing money, he's got to prove it this year. And, and not just for the Bengals. I'm not talking about like importance there, but like for him and his career. Um, the other one, so I'll do one offense, one defense. Uh, you mentioned Jermaine Pratt. I'm going to stick with that room. What about Akeem Davis-Gaither? Sure. He's a guy that, that could certainly be in the mix there. And, and I think, uh, you know, just coming off of that injury, year three now, uh, loved his athleticism coming out. He was coming from the small school, so you knew there was going to be an adjustment, and you were hoping that uh, by this year, you know, that he could be not just a regular contributor, but maybe a bit of a difference maker. So I, I think that's someone that has has something to prove for sure, and he is participating in these offseason workouts, which is great to see. And, and that's a big deal for him, his availability. He's been battling injuries in his NFL career. And just to highlight how much first-round picks get paid, Hayden Hurst is earned four and a half, 14 and a half million dollars in his NFL career. I just, well, I was just curious after you said life-changing money. And I agree, like if he's ever going to get that, you know, $30 million deal, yep. this is probably last chance saloon, but he's made 14 million bucks, which is pretty good. I would say last question, James from Corey, Wright At Corey, Wright Zero zero on Twitter, who will have the third, fourth and fifth most receiving yards for the Cincinnati Bengals this season. I imagine this is presuming, that Jamar and T go one and two? Or do you think one of them's three? What do you think? Yeah, I obviously think it's going to be Jamar Chase and T Higgins, probably in that order for first and second. Third to me is still Tyler Boyd. And that's pretty easy for me. And this is where it gets sort of interesting, but not really, because I think it's going to be Hayden Hurst. I think he's going to give them something in the, the passing game that they haven't necessarily had. And then fifth, Unless I'm missing something, unless they add someone else, it's got to be Joe Mixon. So I think that that's a pretty clear cut one through five. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, Joe Mixon. And that would be exactly the same as last year with Hayden Hurst subbing in for C.J. Uzama. And I think that that's very reasonable. The only way that I could see it changing is if somehow Chris Evans gets on the field a ton in four wide receiver kind of looks where he's a fourth wide receiver and they have a lot more design for him. But he did have 17 targets last year. 
And he averaged 10 yards a catch, which for running back is a pretty high number compared to seven and a half for Mixon and Pirine, both of them right around seven and a half. So, I mean, more opportunity for Evans could lead. So if he had Joe Mixon's targets, 48 targets at 10, you know, 10, 10.1 yards per catch, 42 catches for Mixon, that gets him ahead of Mixon. But that means Mixon's coming off the field a whole lot. Or Pirine's coming off the field a whole lot, probably more Pirine than than Mixon, I would think. And so that would be the dark horse, I would say. Would be does does Chris Evans sneak in there at number five? Or, you know, yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time seeing Jamar or T not being one and two if they're healthy. Yeah, I agreed with that. And that the only other thing, and it would be dark horse too, do they add Will Fuller, like I've talked about. Then could he be top five? I think so. I think that changes things a bit. But yeah, maybe, maybe a running back out of the conversation. Yeah, and, and so, which we'll see. But you know, I, outside of that, I think it's pretty cut and dry, barring injuries, which is something that we certainly uh, are hoping doesn't happen. Yeah, and and even if will like the the thing with the Will Fuller thing is there's only so many targets. There's still only so many targets if these guys stay healthy. So that's where like if they're healthy, then. It's hard to even see Will Fuller necessarily getting, you know, getting to 400, 500 yards or whatever it would be to, to get into the top five. Yeah. I just think that he would have like four catch and runs yeah. of like, Could be. you know, two of 80 yards, just deep balls where people are focused, you know, players yeah. are focused on these other guys, these other weapons in two of 60 yards. And so a lot of them come with big plays where yeah. he doesn't have a ton of targets, but it's like, man, he's a, a grand slam cleanup type hitter, a microwave, as they call them in basketball, right? Isn't that a? There you go. Yeah. Look at you bringing I, the microwave back. I know stuff about sports, microwaves, Joe Burrow, locker room, basketball. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. As I mentioned in a few other episodes this week, we are going down to three episodes a week for just a little bit here in June until training camp gets going later on in July. So. We'll be three episodes a week next week, and we'll keep you apprised as our schedule changes. But we'll still have you covered with everything going on with the Bengals. They still have practices open to the media for the next couple of weeks. And there's going to be some actual competition, as I understand it, in some of these practices. So some some more spice to talk about in these practices on Tuesday for the next couple of weeks. Until next time, Bengals fans, enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Hootay. And have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.